0: Dear friends in Christ, whether we're parents or grandparents or Sunday school teachers or as pastors, we realize that often we are asked questions by children, and sometimes we have a hard time responding or knowing what to say. There's one question that always seems to pop up every year in our confirmation classes, and it's probably on the minds of many adults as well. If we believe in one God, then how can the Father be God, the Son be God, and the Holy Spirit be God? Or how can we talk about the Trinity when we say we believe in one God? Well, no matter how hard we try, we cannot explain the wonder of God's personality with with our own mind, with philosophical theories, or with computers, or with test tubes, and the list goes on and on. For we did not use the wisdom of our minds, or use laboratories to find out who God was. God came to us. And since his greatness is far beyond comprehension, He lets us know what he is like by the way he deals with us in his creation. I was thinking of of relationships that we all have in life. I was thinking of my dad who is almost 89 now and, and knowing him as father through all these years. And as he has got older, it seems like we've become even more than father's son. We've become... Friends, And maybe some of you have experienced that with your older parents. You've just become friends. And I've also observed my dad as he's interrelated with our boys and their children now as grandfather and great-grandfather. And that's a whole other dimension of his relationship with his family. In every way, though, no matter who he's dealing with, he's sharing his love. In a deeper way, we know that God as Heavenly Father and then as Jesus as Friend and Savior and then as Spirit, ever-present power, in each of these three ways, God comes to us and shares his presence and his love with us. There's still only one God, just like my dad is one man, but he shares his love in a multitude of different ways in different expressions. The concept of the Trinity that we're highlighting and focusing on today is central, we know, to the Christian faith. There's no other way. There's just no other way of reconciling all that the Bible says about God except by understanding him as a threefold God, or we say Trinity. The three persons of the Trinity are one in substance and equality. The members of the, the Trinity are divine, of course, and each member has an office which is uniquely fulfilled. The Athanasian Creed, as was mentioned earlier, is, is a creed that came about because there was there were false teachings going around about who we believed in as our one true God and 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 distortions of what the Trinity was all about. And so the Christian leaders came together to put together another creed that would focus on what we believe about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The reason we don't confess this creed uh, more often is that it's over two pages long. But I took part of it for Uh, our our confession this morning because I think it's important to highlight once in a while what we do believe about the Trinity. And, And we confess these words. Now, this is the Christian faith. We worship one God in Trinity and the Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the human or the divine being. Now, the biblical evidence of the Trinity is throughout scripture, but it begins way back in Genesis in the Old Testament. There we begin reading about our creator God, who not only created but continues to care for his world as a loving father cares for his children. But the father is also a just God, and he expects obedience to his will. Man disobeyed the will of God, of course, in the Garden of Eden, and sinned against the Creator. So, instead of just destroying all of humankind, God the Father, showing his love once again, came up with a plan to restore the world when it had been corrupted by sin. And we hear about that plan in our gospel today, don't we? For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. That was God's plan, that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Yes, we are thankful for the redemptive work of our Lord Jesus, but God knew also that we needed help if we're going to realize our need for Jesus, our Savior and Lord, and we also needed power to live out our lives for him. And so the Holy Spirit... Then the third person of the Trinity was sent to convict us of our sin. If your child ever comes to you and says, Mommy, I have a tummy ache, it may be that they do have a tummy ache, but maybe it's something different. Maybe it's the fact that the Holy Spirit is convicting them of their sin. And the Holy Spirit is nudging them, of course, like he does to all of us, whether we're young or older, to go to Jesus and to ask for forgiveness and have that wa- those sins washed away so we don't have to carry around that ache in, inside of us. The Holy Spirit then comes again and again to God's people to comfort and to encourage and to strengthen us for our life's journey. So we can see that the work of the Spirit was and is dependent upon the work of the Son, and the work of the Son was dependent upon the Father giving him to the world to be crucified. As you see, the the three persons of the Trinity are interrelated and interconnected in a variety of ways. The work of Christ and all its implications had not yet been fully grasped by the disciples when those words in John 3.16 were written but the spirit continued to lead the disciples into all truth and complete the training that God wanted them to have as his 12 apostles so that they could go into all the world and share about this God that had come to earth the concept of the trinity although it began in the old testament did not come into focus until these twelve apostles began to preach what they had experienced. They started thinking about all the things that Jesus had said to them, and, and a lot of his words came back to them after he went back to heaven. Words like, the Father and I are one. Or, when Jesus was baptized, what did the voice from heaven say? This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit, the dove, came upon Jesus' head. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In our lesson today, Janie read, There is one body and one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. And then hundreds of years before the first Christian creeds were ever written out by church leaders, Paul wrote a benediction in 2 Corinthians, and sometimes we say this benediction at the end of our services, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now the disciples, of course, knew God as Father before Jesus even began his ministry. But as they interacted with Jesus, they didn't see him as a second God. They saw him as an extension of God, the one now that helped them understand who God was. Okay, And then after Jesus departed uh, back into heaven, um, they looked deep within their lives and could tell that they were different because they were filled and guided by a power which was also divine, and they called it the Holy Spirit. They spoke of this divine presence inside of them. So indeed, this doctrine of the Trinity grew out of what the disciples experienced themselves firsthand, and as a result, they were changed men. And that's what we are called upon today and challenged to look deep within our own hearts as well and say, what have I experienced about the various characteristics of the Godhead? Have I experienced God as Father, as that one who protects me, who cares for me, who continues to nourish me? Have I experienced him as Son, as Redeemer, as Savior, as Lord, that one who forgives my sins every day and the one who died for me so I can go to heaven someday? And have I experienced the Godhead through the work of the Spirit in my heart as he continues to convict me of my sin and as he gives me power to live out my Christian life? Good questions to ask for all of us. So what does the Holy Spirit, what does the Son, what does the Father do in our lives? The Trinity is just not some doctrine for theologians to discuss, but can be a very important and very relevant aspect of our daily life. As Christians, believers, we cannot live without the threefold work of the Godhead. Yes, the Father created but he continues to care for us the son reveals god's love to the world and gives us victory over sin and death and then the holy spirit strengthens us to live in relationship with our lord and gathers all believers in the fellowship of the of the church it was the holy spirit who called you here today because you knew it was important to be here to worship together with the other members of the family And he enlightens us. As we share the word of God, a light bulb goes on. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. We finally say to ourselves, now I understand about that. It's not our wisdom, but it's the Holy Spirit who enlightens us. He's a good guide. He's a good teacher. He makes us fully aware of what God is leading us into. Well, when we think of the Holy Spirit and the Son and the Father, the Trinity, we think of a variety of symbols that help us understand uh, the different aspects or characteristics of the Godhead. We were talking lately about how things have changed so much over the years as far as what pastors do to help the congregations they serve visualize what they're trying to say. A hundred years ago, or two or three or four hundred years ago, of course we didn't have videos and dvds and the technology we have nowadays that we can put something on a screen and we can we can see what the pastor's trying to get across pastors centuries ago would use stained glass windows in the various churches and cathedrals that they preached in to help people visualize what they're talking about and i was looking this week again, uh, the various pictures that we have in our stained glass windows. And it reminded me how we take these for granted and how important it is to visualize the work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit through the, the, the brightness and the sun going through these windows each week. I want you just to look at the, the glass up in front here in the chancel area. We know this is from John 17 where Jesus is praying But who is he praying to and what is he receiving in his dialogue with his father? I'd never thought of that picture exemplifying the Trinity before. But there we have the son who is looking up into heaven, speaking to his father and sensing what his father is is saying to him. But then the light of the power of the Holy Spirit is shining upon him, giving him strength. And this was just before he was to be arrested and crucified. And he needed power from the Spirit. And in this, in this beautiful stained glass window, we see the work of the Son praying, the Father listening and responding, and the light of the Holy Spirit's power coming upon him. Often we talk about the Son as the Lamb of God, and if you can see the stained glass window right over here, you can see a Lamb with a banner, with a flag, and and uh, really that's the 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 flag of victory. How how Jesus won victory over Satan, over um, uh, sin and death when He died on the cross, and then those of you that are on. This side, you can probably look up right before the balcony, there is a dove there um, in that stained glass window, just before where the balcony starts. And, and there, of course, as Pastor Kurt mentioned last week, we have the symbol of the dove um, for the Holy Spirit. We also, on the red banner up here in front, we have the fire, of course, which is another symbol of the Holy Spirit. But on that red banner in front of you here, we also have one more symbol. And that's the three interlocking circles, which is the main symbol for the Holy Spirit. Okay, They're all equal. There's no beginning or end to a circle, is there? And, and we see that often being used in, in, uh, as we talk about uh, the Trinity. So I hope some of those images keep in your mind today. You know, everyone of our worship services. What do we say at the very beginning after the opening hymn? We begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What do we say at the end of the service every week? We say the blessing and then in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Every time a child is baptized, they're baptized what? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And each of our Christian creeds, as we've talked about this morning, Are written in a way to affirm what we believe about the Trinity. So we can't escape the fact that we are Trinitarian people. That's that's the heart of what we believe as Christians. And you know, it's important that we know what we believe, what we are saying when we say that, that we believe in the Holy Spirit, in the Trinity, I should say. There are some so-called religions that are very much alive in our world today that say they believe in the Trinity too. I've had some come to my door and tell me that. But when you ask specifically if they believe that Jesus is the one and only Son of God, and if they believe that when he died on the cross, everyone in the whole world, if they confess their sin, is forgiven, And if they believe that Jesus rose after three days, they will most often say, well, that's not exactly what I believe. Some would admit that really what they're talking about is that Jesus is a son of God like we are all sons and daughters of God. But I've, I've come back sometimes when I've visited with some of these people and I turn to John three sixteen, and I say, look at what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That's what it says. Not a son. He wasn't just a teacher or a prophet or just a, a, a good person, but he was the one and only son of God. So as we witness... It's good to share our belief about the totality of God's character as seen in the Trinity. And as we pray, as I did with the kids up here this morning, it's good at times to use the different names of God to remind ourselves that he comes to us to minister to us using his broad personality as set forth in the persons of the Trinity. And though we may not fully understand, none of us do, and if anybody says to you they fully understand the Trinity, they're not telling the truth. Though we may not understand that, and and indeed it is a mystery, I pray that each of us today and in the days to come might sense the great variety of ways that he comes to us to help us live out our lives for his unique purposes that he has called us to do. Amen.